1: Sports Talk Saturday on
0: WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, hour three getting underway here at Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Nate Geary, Corey Griswold headed to the West Her Hotline now. Marcel Louis-Jacques of ESPN. He covers the Dolphins now. Uh, Marcel, first and foremost, I I, I I made sure that I blocked off like the first five to seven minutes of this conversation to strictly talk about food. Um, so we will do that and I just wanted to let you know that like we're not going to talk any football until, until you work through some of the pictures you've been sending me. You sent me a burger with two different kinds of cheeses on it yesterday and I just have to know like how is the cuisine now, i know you're not like enthralled and you're not you're not completely dug in around the cuisine in miami quite yet you haven't been there long enough but like so far ooh, you know what 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 have you lost but what have you gained down there i know you've lost chicken wings but what have you gained down in miami and south beach i i mean
1: the again accessibility um diverse options depth I think depth is important here. Like Buffalo has a lot of good food, don't get me wrong. But I I think I can go to a new restaurant every day for the remainder of my contract and only scratch the surface in this city. It's wild. This is also one of those like, one of those cities that, you know, Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff was like really made for because I can go, I can order, go downstairs and walk my dog and then come up. And in some cases, the food will already be at my doorstep. Like, that's the kind of convenience. I, I would say that's the kind of convenience you can't buy, but you, you literally are buying it. Uh, it it's <laughs> awesome, man. Like, I haven't really been out to eat much. I went to a spot uh, called Moxie's in Brickle a couple nights ago. Uh, just, like, I'm running out of clean clothes, so I, I, I grab a uh, Blue Jays jersey. And I I swear, man, like, every other manager stops and is like, hey, man, you from Toronto? Hey, you, you from, where are you? You know, you, we're doing well this year. It turns out Moxie's is like a Canadian restaurant ah uh, like, never heard of that i've never heard of a canadian restaurant before but i found one in miami so the poutine was incredible uh the steak fries were they
0: awful, did look spectacular
1: bomb. yeah they looked bomb um and then the burger last night man so i just moved into my new apartment or condo i guess i gotta call it new condo yesterday and i mean i, I it, it is eye level boxes as far as you can see in here um, all I have is my couch set up with the ottoman and a TV. So I was like, all right, man, like I'm tired. I just want something quick to eat. I found a spot. It's called Berta Burger. Like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. You, you get your options. You know, what do you, you what, what protein you want? What, uh, you know, what, what vegetables and toppings and, and spread? So you know, I threw some arugula on there, threw a tomato, tossed some garlic aioli on as well. It's like, all right, we're we're setting up kind of nice. This is uh it's looking like a good burger. And then what really messed me up, dude, it says, now choose your melty cheese. Melty cheese. I said, excuse me. Mm. Excuse me? So it comes with the cheddar standard, and then you can choose another layer of cheese to melt on top of it. So, of course, I I went with the queso de planchita, and uh, my my goodness, man. Like, there's no way. I somehow stayed under, like, 220 in Buffalo across (laughs) two years. There is no way there's no way man i'm 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 growing out at this point in my life
0: yeah, I hear you, bro. Listen, as long as you're happy, that's that's what I that that's actually what I've been telling myself as I continue to just you know spend money and gain weight. It's that by the way, those are mutually exclusive. Uh, the more money on food you spend, you should just absolutely expect on the other end of that uh, for the scales to be up as well. But listen, um, before you make me any more hungry, I have to transition into some ball talk because there is kind of a lot at play this week, man. And and. I hate being the guy that talks about the NFL, talking about must-wins in week two of an NFL season, but it sort of feels like if Buffalo loses this game, they drop two to AFC opponents, start 0-2, and then you have the Dolphins starting 2-0 in this division. That could be a really hard uphill climb for the rest of this season. I I might stop short of must-win, but it would certainly be a really tough loss for the Bills at this juncture, even though it's only week two.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you hate saying things like must win and have to have it in, in this early in the season, but the fact of the matter is there's special circumstances. Uh, majority of the teams, vast majority of the teams that start and two do not make the playoffs. Uh, and not only are you falling and two, to AFC opponents, and not only are the Dolphins two and O they're two and O against AFC East teams specifically. So they're halfway to the tiebreaker already. So it's, uh, It's not a good look for Buffalo to lose this game, but you know it's still it it is a scenario that is kind of hard to to imagine right now. Buffalo losing this game just based on how these past six matchups have gone. Josh Allen would be six and zero against the Dolphins if Charles Clay didn't drop a touchdown. So, and they're very aware of that down here. Dolphins fans are quite aware of that. Uh, You know, you know every every fan base has its its delusions. And uh, I was kind of impressed, almost, or, you know, by the maturity of this fan base to say, like, guys, stop calling out national writers for predicting a Bills win. Like, we've done nothing to prove that we deserve to be predicted to get a dub. So it's uh, the, the Bills have a little. The Bills, you know, they're I don't know if it's free, but they definitely have. They definitely have some, some property down. There.
0: You know, Marcel, I, I look at this this Miami Dolphins team, and I look at that game last week, and I think it's hard for me to totally get on board with, okay, they beat the Patriots, I get it, but it, it felt like they backdoored their way into a win. and And I think what a lot of people wanted to see... Was to, uh, to sort of get the monkey off his back, so to speak, that Steve Young monkey off his back, and 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 put up a really a good game against a Bill Belichick coach defense. I think I'm gonna stop short of him saying that like he won that game for the Dolphins. I I want to almost get to a point where I say he almost lost it without a Damon Harris fumble. What did you see from Tua last yep. week that 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 maybe you saw a little bit of the, of what exactly why there are Tua believers out there that say this is a franchise quarterback, this is a guy that you can win with. And on the equal, on, on the flip of the coin, the other face here is he looked exactly like the guy and gave ammunition to people like me who continue to say this is not that caliber of a player. Like I think you saw a little bit of both. That game, right?
1: Yeah, I was about to. I was about to interject before you said it. No, he. I, I would never say that he won them that game. And matter of fact, I, I'm of the camp that the Dolphins probably should have lost on the heels of that interception there in the fourth quarter. It was an awful interception. And he said after the game, you know, kind of, uh, you know, he, he he wore it, he owned it, and said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to throw that away." And that's not quite what happened, man. You've got to either be able to say die before that. Or you have got to have, you've got to be able to muscle that ball out of bounds, and he just left it hanging. It, it didn't, it didn't have enough juice to get to the sideline, and that's kind of a concern. Um, even if you know he was doing his best, kind of Josh Allen impression, where he he was extending the play, uh, he 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 broke out of a couple sacks, but uh, just off balance, off kilter, he just didn't have the it didn't have the juice to get. Um, but yeah, you you did see, and this is why this stopped off kind of reminds me of that 2019 Bills team with, a, with an excellent defense and an offense under a microscope, quarterback specifically under a microscope. So it gave a little bit of, of credence to, to each side. Uh, during those first drives of the first quarter and the third quarter when they're running RPO hurry-up offense, he looked excellent. He looked comfortable. He looked decisive. He looked sharp. And, and you say, okay, this is the quarterback. Like They might be able to do some things with this offense. But then in between that time, it was just stall drive after stall drive. There were missed throws. There were throws that you know, it, it, it just—it was a lot of checkdowns, and that might have just been the game plan against the Patriots, a, a defense that likes to keep the game in front of them. And granted, didn't have Will Fuller, who's supposed to be able to stretch this, you know, stretch the defense a little bit for Miami and uh, and, and add that vertical element to the offense. But uh, it, I, I would need to see—I would need to see more from Tua. And, and at the same time, though. The way I, I'm viewing him is, he's basically a rookie to me. Mm. Uh, you know, while we did see we did see Joe Burrow and we did see Justin Herbert really thrive uh, right away. You know, as soon as they got starter starter snaps uh, last season, Tua's coming off that just really debilitating hip injury. Uh, he's got no he had no uh, no full training camp, no OTAs, in off season uh i i think it was uh i think it was asking a lot to expect him to come out and be the guy that uh you know the guy that you saw at alabama but uh but this year there's no there are no excuses there's no handicap for him you know there's no uh there, there's no long lease for him they they gave him the keys to the car and we'll see if he if he drives it or if he runs it into a if he runs it into a lamppost. <laughs>
0: Marcel Louis-Jacques here of VSPN covers the Dolphins on the Western Hotline. Marcel, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the run game last week. As a uh, as a heavy investor in Miles Gaskin, um, I was expecting to see maybe a little bit more volume um, from him, and and I think that goes both ways as volume running the football but also as a pass catcher. And We'll get into the Mike Gusecki phase of this question as well here in a minute. What do you make of this team's running back room? Like, is this... I think for the most part, people would probably say... They're one of the weaker rooms in the league. Um, that's if you don't really believe in Miles Gaskin. I do happen to like and believe in Miles Gaskin and think you know when he does get the volume touches that he can produce. He just didn't see that in Week One. Is that a result um, or a product of of maybe what what New England was doing defensively? And and do you expect him to be a bigger piece to the game plan, especially moving forward without with these question marks around Will Fuller's presence?
1: Yeah, we cannot discount the impact that the Patriots defense had on Miami's game plan last week. And not only did it keep them from really pushing the ball downfield, but uh, that, that defensive line, that front seven, really made it hard for them to get much push in, in the run game. But the good news is Gaskin took a last, like the, the lion's share of the, excuse me, of the snaps at running back. He looks well ahead of Malcolm Brown and Saban Ahmed. Even though we did see this kind of weird back-to-back wildcat, formations out of Brown and Auckland, so uh, you know, be on the lookout for that come Sunday. But uh, because of his, his prowess in the passing game, I, I, I think that Gaskin is still a guy specifically in fantasy. I think he's a guy to, to trust. I think he's still the guy to, to hang on to. Um, and, and he looked so sharp this preseason. He looked like a guy who, who had firm command of, even if it was going to be a committee, he looked like the leader of the pack so I, I still think he's the guy. I'm not sure how much that run game gets going come Sunday. Uh, it kind of depends on whether Star Lele plays for Buffalo, and, uh, and and what the game flow of of, of of the contest is. Because if the Bills get up two scores, Dolphins can't be running the ball. You know, they they can't give Gaskin 20 carries. That I don't think they can afford to do that. I think in an ideal world, they get this run game going, they play ball control, and they keep the ball in the Josh Allen's hands because as of right now, they're no, they're no readier for a shootout than those 2019 Bills were, mm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it really comes down to this defense's ability to, to limit scoring opportunities for Buffalo because there is no Lion no Fitzpatrick this year, and you saw a very stark difference between these Dolphins teams in week two and week 17. In week two, it's faster through for 328 yards and two scores. And then the run game on top of that averaged four and a half yards a carry. So like, they, they kind of worked in junction together, and without that downfield passing, game, two still through for like 360 yards in week 17. But it was a lot of garbage time yards, and it, nobody cares how many yards you throw for when you're down you know 31 to 6 or whatever the halftime score was I, I don't think I'm exaggerating by that
0: much Yeah that, that that's a fact and I think that can get can get a little blurry when you're talking when when you're in the context of trying to determine and look at a stat line and determine you know whether or not somebody's played a good game I think that that can blur those lines a lot The other guy Marcel I, I was interested in asking you about was Mike Asaki and you know this is a player that I think the, Particularly with a guy like Tua, has a lot of value. And I was talking to Joe Marino of the Draft Network and Locked On Bills, and I thought he said it well. At this point in his career, Mike Geseki is a slot receiver. He's a big slot. He's a liability in the blocking game, and that's maybe why you saw his his snap percentage. I mean, this was a guy that played just over 35 percent of the snaps last week. Like, that's not a number one tight end in the NFL. Like, is this is this a player you expect to see have a bigger role in this game plan against the Bills than we saw last week?
1: You know, there are people down here who believe the Dolphins uh, fade guys in contract years in order to, to lower their, uh, you know, in, in order to get the best deal possible for the team. I, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, I think that it's as simple as seeing the Patriots' uh, success against tight ends over the past two seasons. They they ranked sixth as far as fewest yards allowed to the position since 2019, and that's a product of a good, good secondary and a good – linebacker core so it would have been kind of foolish to try to bang the drum and force feed Mike Krusecki and against a team that has historically not just succeeded against tight ends but they've limited him specifically I don't think he has more than 40 yards 40 50 yards against him in any career game against New England now tomorrow is a different story the Bills were at least, I believe the worst or second worst Defense, as far as limiting opposing tight ends, Kaseki himself had around 200 receiving yards in two games against Buffalo last year. If he's not part of the game plan this time around, and if he can't go, go in, get it going this time around, then I think you know you, you, you start to you, you start to find the key to unlock the glass for the panic button. I don't think you're hitting it just yet, but you're making plans to because that that's a concern. I don't know if I don't know if Buffalo has been improved in that regard so much that they should limit a good pass-catching tight end like Kasicki and uh, it's, it's just logged in the weakness of, of, of this Bills' team, even as they were turning in top three seasons. They they always struggled against opposing tight ends, so th- this will be the time to, to figure it out, uh, but it is a it is a deep room, and so I'm, I'm not very surprised to see rotation among the Dolphins' tight ends. They still have, uh, they, they drafted Hunter Long in the third round out of Boston College. They still have Seaton Carter. They have Damek returning from the COVID list, uh, the COVID list this year, this uh, week. So there, there are a lot of guys to rotate in with the Siki. It, it's not like he's like the bell cow of that group. He's he, just the biggest name,
0: right? Yeah, and and, and I think for the most part, I, I think most people still have a little scar tissue of what he did in that week two matchup against them last year. And, and I think they start to wonder, they say, well, is, is he being phased out in this offense? Is this guy they maybe shouldn't have to worry about as much? To your point, this is a defense that over the last couple of years has really struggled to defend the tight end position. And and listen, it's it's not the easiest position to to, to cover in the league, especially in the AFC when you're facing guys like Travis Kelsey um, you know, and, and the Bills. They've struggled to cover him and, and come up with schemes to cover him. This is an opportunity, I think, for the Bills to put together a game plan to slow down a tight end I know that will be effective in the short passing game if they allow it. I want to switch sides, though, Marcel, and ask you a little bit about this Dolphins defense, which... I think we'll be coming into focus this week. In Week 2 last year, Byron Jones goes down in that first half. Xavier Howard's coming back from off-season injury and surgery. Where do you, do? you uh, How much different are you expecting this week's matchup to look than last, than last year's Week 2 matchup to look against uh, that defense against yeah. the Bills' offense?
1: I mean, for starters, Noah Igbignobi is not going to be covering Stefan Diggs. Uh, as you remember, once Jones went down, that first round rookie took majority of the snaps opposite of stefan while while david howard stayed on john brown's side i don't think that's going to be the case again matter of fact ignobi was not even was a healthy scratch against New England last week he he might be you know in the process of being phased out here in miami if he doesn't get it turned around but uh, i i like i said this unit reminds me a lot of that 2019 bills team a couple minor differences i think that uh A stronger safety, or excuse me, a stronger cornerback group with Jones and Howard. um, While the Bills had a stronger safety group in Poirier and Hyde, but uh, I I really do like what the Dolphins do at safety. You're not just going to see, you know, you're not just going to see Jason McCourty and Eric Rowe take 70 snaps. It's not like in Buffalo; they're going to rotate. You're going to see Javon Holland, and you're going to see Jones. You're going to see like a lot of different combinations and formations with these guys. Uh, they also they're gonna send pressure. they run this fourth or a three four base. So the Josh Allen's gonna have to uh you know, he's gonna have to deal with people in his face again. It's not quite the same as the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no, you know, superstar rusher on this defense. So, you know, I, I think Emmanuel Agua might be the closest thing to it. They're really hoping that Jalen Phillips puts it together and eventually becomes that and he, he flashed a bit in week one but ultimately didn't make too big of an impact. We'll see if he can get that turnaround here in week two. But uh, and a good deep linebacking core. It, it's just a. It is a defense with, you know, maybe no stars outside of the secondary outside of Xavier Howard, but a lot of good talented players, two and three people deep. And uh, you know, led the league in turnovers last year. That that you know, relying on taking the ball away, I, I personally feel like is kind of an unsustainable model for a defense. But they were right after it again this week. I, I mean, rookie or not, Mac Jones plays for the New England Patriots. This is still a Bill Belichick and Josh, uh, I, I cannot, there's Josh, uh, you know the guy. McDaniels. Day. I'm drawing a blank. McDaniels. My God, I, I was going to say McCarthy. I was like, there's no way that's right. Josh McDaniels <laughs> led offense. It, it is a disciplined team that does not turn the ball over and Miami forced four fumbles and should have picked the ball off one or two balls off. So I, you know, unsustainable or not, they figured out the model for it and, uh, you know, if Josh Allen starts to force things, this is the defense that can make him pay for it.
0: Raquan Davis on the IR, Marcel. They're starting nose tackle out of Alabama. What's the level of like concern with his loss up the middle? As you know, in these three-four schemes, a lot in the particularly in the running game um, is predicated on that nose tackle winning his one-on-one in the middle. Um, obviously, they still have Christian Wilkins at that one of those defensive end spots. This is a defensive line that may not be thriced with names. Um, they do play together well, as you know. But how much is the loss of Davis going to impact uh, what that team? Maybe does up front um, and what they're maybe willing to do against Josh Allen.
1: I mean, it's not it's not great. They they like Raekwon Davis out here. He's a PFWA All Rookie uh, performer last season. Uh, the loss stinks a bit. And Brian Flores was was very uh, conservative in establishing expectations for his return. Wouldn't say if he's getting surgery. Wouldn't say if he'd return this season at all. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's just I, I, I have to learn. And they figure Flores out. I don't know if that's just coach speak or if there's real concern about his ability to return to the lineup, but they're going to miss him. Uh, in his stead, veteran John Jenkins is going to have to slide in, and he's going to have to make that impact. They're not as deep at nose tackle as they are at some of these other positions. So, uh, you know, we'll see if maybe – you know, Kevin Singletary had an excellent game against the, against the Steelers. I average, what was it, six yards per carry. We'll see if they try to get that run game going. We'll see if Zach Moss is going to be active and they get that power run between the tackles game going and uh, and take advantage of of a little bit of uh, a little bit of a weakness for Miami there in the middle, but uh, no, it definitely it definitely stings. I don't think uh, over their next three games, especially with uh, with the Raiders, with the Colts, and with the Bucks coming up, I, I don't know how much they're going to feel his absence, but they could definitely feel it against the Buffalo offense come Sunday.
0: All right, bro. I appreciate you as always, hopping on and talking Dolphins with me. I'll have you on uh, later in the season when uh, when this matchup pops off again. Uh, I already know. Uh, I was watching uh, your your spot on ESPN. I I know where your your head is in this game. I think I'm with you on it. I think it'll be a close game, but I do think the Bills. Um, it just it. I think they've they've got a good team for this matchup, so I'm looking forward uh, to the final product tomorrow. Make sure uh, when you meet up with the fellas later, uh, you, you give John Scott a birthday shout-out for me because uh, I know it's his birthday today, so enjoy it down there. Make sure you buy him like at least a drink or a chicken sandwich or something.
1: I was about to say, uh, there's a chicken sandwich spot nearby that I think we'll be checking out. I got a seltzer for him with his name on it when he gets here, and... Uh... Yeah, man. As soon as you get a little cold, man, when you reach for that jacket for the first time, reach for your phone and go ahead and book a ticket down here, man. From what I'm told, we don't get winter.
0: No problem. Uh, and I will, I'll, I'll fly southwest. That way I can throw the golf clubs on for free, you know? There it is. All right, there my friend. Is.
1: That's thinking smart.
0: Appreciate you, bro. Uh, yep. Yeah. You soon, man. All right, man. Marcel Louis Jacques, ESPN, there, uh, helping me break down this Bills and Dolphins game, of which, of course, you can check out our our morning coverage kicks off at 7 a.m. with breakfast with the Bills, fantasy style. Louis DiBiase and Derek Kramer, who is back this year in the saddle for our first um Bills pregame show of the morning. Then it's Buffalo Bills game day with myself, Nate Geary, and Jeremy White. 10 a.m. countdown to kick off with once again myself and Joe DiBiase. Uh 12:30, we'll pass things over to Murph and uh, Eric Wood and Sal Capaccio for Bill's Dolphins at 1 p.m., then postgame show with uh, with Mike Schopen, the Bulldog at 4, then 6 o'clock, the overtime show with me. I, I, I'm going through this lineup, and I keep saying me a lot. I'm here all damn day. I also do the halftime show. I don't leave. Good job. I don't leave. Uh, it's okay. I love it that way. Me and Franklin get to hang out. It's fun time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.